Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bingetown TV. It's Lenny, Luke, Paul, and Jimmy finally breaking down episode 10 of The Haunting of Hill House, titled Silence Lay Steadily. We all officially know all the secrets. How do we feel? I feel so dumb for some of my earlier <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my strategy was to throw all the darts at Shotgun once. approach? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, See what lands. Yeah, maybe one will hit. So I, I mean, think you nailed a couple things. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about it. And as we're going I'm proud through, of you guys. You yeah, two, just, just whatever you remember us saying, because at this point, I'm it's such a blur. Yeah, as a vet, there's been a, a lot, actually, throughout the episodes where I, me and Kathleen kind of looked at each other like, oh, we're at the there. two ends of the ping pong table just staring at each other like, don't make a move. <laughs> No, this episode was awesome. It was the best episode of the series of the season. It was just action packed, reveal after reveal, great twists, good conclusions. I have a couple of open ended questions at the end that we'll talk about when we get there, but it could just be me over analyzing or I missed something. They might not be legit. Yeah, this episode was very unique because it's Kathleen. What you said last episode, that kind of goes. Each episode kind of goes through a routine. Like the first five were the kids, and then it was a filler, then it was dad, then it was like mom. And this episode, it was just all over the place. A free I mean, for all. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's the way it starts out, think you understand, and then you have no idea. You're like jumping all over the place. So it was a lot of fun to try to, because it's the, it's the season finale. I mean, you, we already got so much information. How are they going to trick us? And they tricked us in like eight different ways. So as two people who were never really going to get around to watching this unless being forced to, to do a podcast, what do we think? Zero to ten. All I'm right. so happy that we, we decided to do this. I would, solid nine. That's a that's high praise. That's very that's high praise. High, yeah. I was going to say like eight. Eight and a half. Um, I just thought really the acting good. was incredible. The writing was really good. And right there, that's a if if those two are near perfect, it's already a seven for me. And then it, I just was engaged with the twists. Yeah, it, and it was awesome. It was a self-contained single season. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the future. We have all of our answers. Yeah, I thought it was a one of the best Netflix shows, at least single season shows on almost any streaming platform. Yeah, and one one of my biggest things is consistency with the show, and the show was great with that all the way through. So I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, the twists, the acting you said, some of these actors are like now like my favorite. So it was pretty sweet. Can we out Jimmy? No. <laughs> Come on, let's out Jimmy. Let's do it at the end. When I will, get there. Okay. Tell okay, me fine. what. I was just going to say, I think there's something cool about the way we did this with Rooks and Vets because... Luke and Paul got to theorize so hard on the podcast in between. We took a couple weeks to do it. When I first watched this, I watched it 10 episodes in a row, maybe in 24 hours. So I didn't have, I didn't even theorize anything. I was just gobbling it up mm -hmm. and letting it just wash over me. Like yeah. I didn't guess anything. So every reveal hit me hard. And I was like, yeah, baby. Biggest thing I'm pissed about the dumb waiter tag with all the numbers <laughs> and the initials i thought it was gonna be something of all of all the great theories you guys had me and kathleen were looking at each other like this is hilarious how much you went into this it's great how much you went into it but we knew it was going nowhere so <laughs> yeah that was bullshit i haven't seen this finale in a year and i was shocked by how many of the b-team characters get 
such great monologues. Some of the best writing were from the the, the visions, um, all the visions, right? Lee, Joey, RGG, Funeral Guy, Trish. Like they're all these characters that were B team got to come back with a vengeance in this last episode. It was sick. Funeral guy? Yeah, the guy that helps Shirley. Cheryl's funeral guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. That's who I thought that was, but I didn't even yeah. put anything about that. Yeah, Cheryl got two B-team members. She mm-hmm. got RGG, mm-hmm. Ray's Glass Guy, for people just tuning in, yeah. and uh, James Lafferty, Hotboy. Anyway, should we jump in? Let's do it. All right, so the opening scene is young Cheryl. It's a continuation from the first episode? Yep. When Nell and young Cheryl are trying to get through the red room and they're having the conversation about the ponies mm-hmm. on the other side. And we j- they just bring that up again because the last episode ended with the reveal that hot mama said the family, the cranes are the key to the red room. So they're talking about the master key that Mr. Dudley gave him again and it not working. And that transitions incredibly well into what ends up happening. Cause most of this scene, most of this episode if it's not a flashback or a vision, it's just the red room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right after this, it goes into the intro. And Jimmy, last time you said, do you guys watch the <laughs> intro? Yeah. I've watched it this time. And what I said last time, uh, it still ended with, you know, a maze inside mm-hmm. the house. But this time I caught that the fucking walls are moving. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's the red room is right. the whole thing. And there it just go. changes to ever. So what is the first intro again? I don't remember what it, like what's the big difference. Does it change? No, or no? no it it's doesn't the same change. all all season. It's the same intro. Oh, what I, the fuck? I, I was just saying this time I just yeah, noticed. But, but that's why I asked last. I could tell by like. Are you the, sure it's the same? I believe it is. I'll fact check. Okay. The reason why I brought it up was because I thought that the way you guys were theorizing you didn't talk about the intro with the maze and the walls moving and you were so close anyway with guessing with the red room. I just wanted to see going from this opening scene where my mind was blown immediately um, because Cheryl was the one turning the doorknob and banging on the door to like insane and then getting the realization that the walls move inside the maze of the house. That's why it has such good rewatch value because you get to go back and watch episode one where they're doing that. Now you know all mm-hmm. from the very start what's going on. And I have a question. Is every single doorknob in the house the lion head? I, I believe I, so. I believe so. As much, it should yeah. be. That's how be, a normal house I was gonna say, should it, be. It should have been more... If it wasn't like that, it should have been more obvious that the Red Room and Cheryl's dancing room when it was when she was dancing in there alone and the, it started Theo's freaking out. Room. Theo, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve's room when her mom is yep. that's yeah. a that's a lion. That's, yeah, yeah, I think it that is. Makes sense. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been as easy to catch. And talk about rewatch value when Cheryl's sleep talking in the first episode, mm-hmm. she says, "Dancing in the red room." Wow, what, I was thinking yeah. about that, but I I forgot what she said, so I just whatever happened to on. the pandas? They never showed up. No, <laughs> the macaroni either. Okay, so this fact checked for the opening theme: the walls and the maze do not move. Oh. And at least in episode one, I'm, I just checked it. They're not moving. So they start to move once you get the reveal. That's that cool. Okay, that's awesome. So, I was yeah. going to say, that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, so, uh, so I actually didn't realize the moving thing wasn't the part I was talking about last episode. It was just the maze in general. But that actually makes it even cooler. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so, that, that is cool to notice on my rewatch when I eventually get to it. Yeah. Okay, so I watched the Steven scene with Paul. So I saw his reaction live. Luke, were were you thinking this was real? What were you thinking? 
Um, I originally was saying this is either a future or a vision. Like it, it was a flash forward or a vision, and it, it didn't take long to to realize that it was not real. I don't know how long it took me though. They because she just shows up, she's pregnant. We already know from last episode Steve had a vasectomy. That was a big deal. He couldn't have kids with Lee. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't Yeah. They uh, they took me for a ride. Yeah, they did. I I, I was watching and I was so confused. I thought it was a flashback at first. And then Lee was pregnant. And I was like, wait, was Lee pregnant and then miscarried? But that doesn't make sense. I was like trying to put it together. And then Steve goes on to say, like, yeah, I was I was writing a sequel and me and dad just got to honey. I was like, wait, so this is that's the the moment. Yeah, I was like, this is in the future. I was like, wait, this is so cool. I like that in Steve's vision his baby's name's Eleanor. i know i wrote that down that's <laughs> awesome eleanor crane speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was freaking out so lee is kind of walking him through steve is are trying to write this novel he, uh, he can't really write it because he's realizing he doesn't remember and that's when it starts like deteriorating and mm-hmm. lee lee's monologue wow that was really well done i loved lee's monologue that's yeah, that's in a little bit in a little bit so we go now oh, directly to the aftermath of old Hugh and Steve arriving yeah. at Hill House chasing Luke. Yeah. Lee was like, oh, you should read me whatever you wrote. Mm-hmm. And he starts going in. And yeah, and then it switches back. They walk in. They say, hey, do you smell that? It smells like gasoline. Hugh goes, I think I might know where he might be. <laughs> Straight to the red room, because where the hell else? And this was some creepy fucking shit. <laughs> so Steve is back here for the first time. And he's walking around and his dad kind of walked on without him. And all of a sudden he turns around and he sees big Willie Hill behind him, Hmm. ghost form. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Hugh comes up and they're standing next to each other. And he's like, just look at me. Intense. A very intense moment. Look at me. The ghost's head just coming in from the left side of the screen, just right in front of steve's face was terrifying Dude, my heart i could feel my heart rate getting <laughs> faster as that was happening that was so goddamn creepy because we know william the ghost is the least confrontational ghost of <laughs> any of them yep. mm. and now i was like bro i thought i wanted you to haunt me out of all the choices yeah. right? <laughs> now i'm starting to have second thoughts yeah every, don't take his hat dude. exactly every single part of the acting in this scene between steve and hugh did it for me on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I loved the ghost wokeness from Hugh. That was just so woke. so appearing. Yeah. He was just calm as could be. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And Steve realizing that the conversation in the car was realer than real about all the ghost stories his dad was saying about the haunting of Hill House. It was just so well done. And Steve's realization, he was just taking it all in. He was just freaked the fuck out. It was great. They, they also saw Abigail yeah. at some point. She too. was sitting at the bottom of the spiral staircase. Yeah. And huh. this is the scene that we see all the way back in Theo's episode when we get that flash of Hugh touching Theo's arm and we get the vision of all the things. This is the this is the piece of Abigail that we see, right? Yeah, so that which, would be like the time loop kind of thing, right? Yes. Okay. That Nell hints at later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sprint up the spiral staircase, and in this decrepit house, the red door is fucking red, baby. Yep. Like a gorgeous red door, honestly. It's closed. They're talking. They're talking. Steve looks back, and Luke is on the floor. The door's open. He's in the red room, reaching out, and Luke gets lo- or Steve gets locked in in the red room. But am I wrong that we have to give Paul even more props here? For uh, you're wrong. 
He wasn't. I, no, I'm totally fine with you. What didn't didn't the dad wasn't the dad's idea to start grabbing the crowbar that you talked about in that corner, like that Paul brought up, that was there. Do you know what I'm saying? The the crowbar that yeah, he used yes. all the he, way back. He did pick up a hammer and he picked up something else. It might have been the crowbar. I thought that was the and same exact spot that the tools were in. It, it was. It was. It's just. I, I mean, it could have been, and they were there for you know, those 30 years or whatever it was, however long it was. What are you saying? He's saying that Paul brought up last episode, how when we saw it bef- later, it was still there from when we and saw it. And now you're him. saying it's not there. No, 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 no now he's saying, saying it's that's still what he was now again. again. Yeah. The you you picked he... up like this. Oh, hammer. you're just saying give him press for m- noticing it last episode. Yeah, he brought oh, it up. Cool. This is the third time now that those tools have been used. And I love to give you props. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I could like, be. I thought I was. I, I like that was what it was. I like props. I, I do like, like props. props. But yeah, the fact that the door was closed, Steve looks, it's open. He walks in and it slams itself. Like fear, like big, <laughs> biggest like nightmare, right? And that's the scene. Also, the exact vision of Luke floating on the Nell's mm-hmm. uh, motel room mm-hmm. ceiling. So all of it's coming full circle. We're finally getting those pieces. And now, Kathleen, we go back to the intense Steve and, and Le- Lay? I keep, Lee. Lee. Lee, I keep when you get a name in your head, you it's cannot so change yeah, it. Yeah. 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 I do that spelled. too because of the way it's spelled. Yeah. When I yeah. When I look her up, I was like, okay, keep going. Now <laughs> the part of Lee talking to him that triggers Steve is saying, Luke died. And Steve's like, no, 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 no. No, no. And they're going back and forth. This Lee speech is incredible. He can't say what happens next because he can't remember. He can't remember how he got out of the house or going to California or reconciling or having this baby with Lee. And she is like, is anything real before you write about it, Steve? You just chew people up and digest it and shit it out on a piece of paper. Like, it was intense. Every time she said shit on something, I was like, ooh. (laughs) You're a needer. You're You're a needer. That's who you are. And this baby's an eater, just like its dad. And when she turns gray and looks up and is like, like your mother, I'm like, ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, if this baby bursts me like a like boil or something like that, like, will you lose your mind? I'm like, yeah, I will. That was horrifying. As she's about to explode, is when Steve opens his eyes in the moldy, well, room, hot, right? hot, hot now, hot, Su- sweet now, sweet now. Oh, she hot, did, sweet now. Right. I called her sweet now during our watch with Paul and she goes, he goes, I'm writing that because you said it. <laughs> I did. I have sweet now. And then I on. called her hot now. Like I flipped the script. She's <laughs> both. She is fucking both. But we were saying Poppy is like the doink queen because she just keeps like doinking them yeah. in their head. And then Nell is like puts her sweet hands on your face and <laughs> saves you. It's perfect. It's the best. When sweet now gets him out of it, all the crane kids are in the room. Luke is dying and pretty much dead. And Theo, Cheryl are asleep, and he's like, what the fuck? And that's where you get Luke's flashback and vision. We also saw right there, which I didn't realize, we might have seen it, the needle in Luke's arm is the rat poison. Yeah. It's not even It's not even like ODing on heroin. I feel like he should already be way dead if that was... <laughs> I definitely saw the camera focus on it, and I just didn't know if that was just left over from... 30 years ago or if that was what the ghosts I guess put in him but how is he alive then (laughs) he's a big dude at least when Abigail did it she died real fucking quick but Yeah, I guess he's a bigger dude. We'll we'll let it slide. Maybe he sipped a little bit when he was a young Luke, and then built mm-hmm. a tolerance yeah. over the years. He wakes up 
back to the night he escaped the rehab center. And instead of it going like it did, Joey finds him and she looks great. Like she doesn't look like she used. She looks great. Brings him to a hotel room. She's saying, you saved me. And then she, but then she turns and is trying to get him well. But Luke mm-hmm. kind of realizes right away, like, this didn't happen. Like, I didn't save you. You ran away. And she's like, no, no, no. She was being freaky. Yeah. I picked pushy. up on this being a vision early. And this obviously led to me thinking, okay, we're getting something for everybody. We're getting some yeah. sort of moral, I guess, and some sort of ghost vision. She has a really good line where she's talking to Luke after he's saying, no, I'm not going to take it. She pulls out the balloon pulls out the needle and says what do you mean like you are gonna take it like you have an appointment yeah. with that needle i have that written down too that shit hits hard that like for addiction all the b team in their monologues have kind of like really intense lines like when lee's being like you shit them out it's really not their personality it really start the ghost starts coming out i guess whatever it is but she's like i died in the alley and the rats are chewing on me i'm like yeah. yay baby chill out sis <laughs> Yeah, she brings up, well, she says, come with me. Luke says, no, I won't. You already did. And he looks down, the needle's in his arm, and she is telling the story. She says, Gordon was right. I was like, who the hell's Gordon? If you look at the wall long enough, you can see the girl with the yeah. runny egg eyes. And I was like, oh, it's the freaking other, the first story we heard at rehab that was absolutely horrifying. Yep. And then her eyes start doing it, and... It's just a horrible situation. Yeah, I, I did not think we were going to get Joey again, but I kind of wanted to. And I'm upset it wasn't really Joey. Yeah. We're just to assume she did just go OD in a random corner, right? I mean, that's what she says. He's She's like, you're assuming that I died and rats are chewing on me in the alley. I think it's just the people that really influence them the most are coming back and fucking okay. with them big time. But I agree, Luke. I was glad they brought her back for him. Now, this next scene Does Nell save him? I don't have it written down. So he wakes up on in the floor of the red room. Without Nell waking him up yet. I don't believe so. Because I, I think I would have written it down. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wakes up and that's why he's not completely saved yet maybe but he wakes up and he sees steve through the red room open door and that's when steve comes in for the first time and the door slams and then he gets passed out again pop and then i have a note saying poppy's the one that's passing them out and making them see things yeah as soon as steve came in and the door closed poppy was right around behind it and just a little doink on the forehead (laughs) out cold that was a little bit nicer than what she did to Luke. Because she, when she does to Luke, she just like fucking snaps yeah. his neck. And she goes, Luke's hot. <laughs> and then so Daddy Crane is like falling backwards and getting just like moldtastic, which I loved because that was like the bane of his fucking existence. He's just going dark and it's amazing. Yeah, For a I like hot that second, I thought when he gets like mummified by the mold, mold, I was like, is that real? Did he just fucking die? Right. Because it could have been because I assumed all the hauntings were specifically for the mom side of the family, plus all the kids that have the sensitive genetics. But that's that's the only reason I thought that was possible that he could have died. But they wouldn't have done that. Of course not. See, I liked that graphic. I liked that like CGI, whatever that was. But I did not like the runny egg eyes. I thought that was a little cornball. And I did not really love Cheryl ripping her face off. I thought I'd rather have seen the aftermath of mm-hmm. that than trying to make it actually show the graphic. Because I'm like, yeah. mm, maybe not. Anyway, still great. I love the idea of it anyway. Right when that happens. This is when we get the sisters walking into Hill House together. Of course, they weren't going to listen to Steve and Hugh telling them to stay where they were. Mm -hmm. So when they walk in right through the front door, 
they're going towards the stairs for the red room and Theo runs right up there as well, a good well, the fan dad is yeah, yelling. He's yelling for them. Yeah. He's and, up here. Okay, hurry, help. And she's, you know, good family member. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Go to the help. Yeah. And Cheryl turns around and sees RGG and just completely loses her sense of self. She's going back for seconds. That's what she was yeah. doing. <laughs> Poppy blinks her. And then she <laughs> blinks her. <laughs> we go. To... Oh, boinks. I changed it from doink. Um... <laughs> <laughs> to the RGG flashback. How satisfying, right? Yeah. It's like the thing you don't actually need. None of this. It actually has zero to do with the present. Literally, literally RGG is not a ghost. That is... I had questions about it's that. just what that haunts happens. her conscience. Yeah, it's just her haunting... Yeah. The only relevance is that Cheryl is mad at Kevin and Theo, but she's being a fucking hypocrite. That's the only relevance to today. Right. Yeah. The, the way you... I guess you can look at it is... Steve, he had the line in the, in the first episode, and he says it again later. Like, ghosts are regrets, mm-hmm. or sometimes Guilt. the last wish. Yeah. You could say, okay, old Hugh sees mom. That's his coping mechanism, and Cheryl sees RGG because she regrets it more than anything and feels guilt. Do, I feel like you guys owe my boy James Lafferty a, an apology. You kept calling him a middle-aged man and he's just like a hot, hot boy. I don't know why you kept calling him a middle-aged man. Hot, hot middle-aged man. I don't know. I thought <laughs> he was amazing he? in the scene. <laughs> so amazing. Well, in One Tree Hill, he was 17 and that came out in 2004. So I guess it's uh, been, he's probably 34, 35. He's a middle-aged man. Yeah, You're a middle-aged man then, Jimmy. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so besides this being an out of place, not ghost interaction. This was Cheryl's best scene of the entire season. Yep. I thought I was like, she's being cool. She's funny. She's cool. Yeah. She's quick. She was awesome. Yeah, I Why agree. She'd be more like that as good as she could be. Yeah. She gets him the boneless Caribbean jerk, jerk wings. Jerk wings. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny. That's something that if a guy at a bar bought me food as a joke instead of a drink, I'd like that better than the drink. I'd be like, this guy has a sense of humor. Let's go for it. Yeah, it was it was a it's cute, a funny move by Cheryl, and it turned into a very deep conversation. And at this point, I started, I don't know about you, Paul, but I started picking up on where this was probably going, and it was just going to be a regret or something along those lines. I thought it was going to turn to a little bit more gruesome, like a death was going to be involved rather than just cheating and stuff. But he well, ends up talking about the nightcap, and that's where the ghost scene starts. Well, she embalms him after. She kills him and embalms him. <laughs> fucking with you. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, what the fuck did I just miss? <laughs> yeah, well, they're at an embalming convention. Yeah, so he flashes his ring when he says the nightcap thing. And you're thinking, Cheryl, she actually says, you know, oh, no, thing. you know, her, the normal Cheryl response. Good night. You, you're you a miss there. At the one yard at line. At the one yard line. And then he says, that's not what you said. And I loved it. I yeah. thought that it was so smooth when he's like, the ring meant you had as much to lose as I did. And I was like, whoa, that is so fucked up. Because think about it. If you're going to cheat, it probably would make you feel better that the other person's cheating, too. It's like this person's going to want to keep it a secret as well. This isn't something that's going to go. It'll be a one and done or whatever yeah. it is. That's fucked up. Cheryl. One of the things I picked up on this scene, too, was her kid. I think it was her oldest kid was already six years old at this point. Right. Jayden, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Jaden was six and Allie was two. And did they say how long ago this was? Or six they don't say years that? ago. Six years. They when say. she gives her apology, she says six years ago. Man, I, I just don't so, like how she her character reacted to the Kevin Theo thing because of the scene. I love the scene itself in a vacuum, but it doesn't make 
that much sense to me of why she was. I wish they made Cheryl just like more likable in general. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody's who's rooting for Cheryl. None of us. Well, Theo explained that Cheryl's exactly how she is because of the house. She's explaining like, you know, Luke's a junkie. Steve's an ass. You're whatever she says. You're trying to be your perfectionist and you're whatever a bitch. I just think that Cheryl acts that way because she just threw that into a compartment, what she did. Mm -hmm. And she's just being Cheryl. She's exactly how she would act any other way. She was crying and saying, I'm a good wife. I'm a good mother. I'm a good person. RGG responds with, you're so righteous. And that's basically what it was. She did this one horrible thing, refuses to even acknowledge it as a real act. And then she puts herself on this high pedestal. And saying, like, I'm a great person, which she sucks. <laughs> I feel like psychologists watching this show have to love it because they yeah. always are about the defense mechanisms, the coping mechanisms, how you internally put the walls up. They say that in like three different episodes. They pro- This is just every shit. family member has a different way of coping. So uh-huh. it's just like a textbook on it, yeah. basically. But then we do move to the funeral. They have that line that says Shirley never wants to look just like back in the day when she was too scared to look. I love this bit of Kevin saying the minute someone dies, they learn every secret thing. And that scares her so bad. She'll hope she dies first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what a great line. I love that line, too. And I thought that was hinting at the fact that potentially all of the cranes were going to die. I thought they were kind of foreshadowing it and we were going to learn all the secrets through all of their deaths and then Mm -hmm. becoming ghosts, which we kind of do in a way because we get all of the good information after Daddy Crane dies, Hugh, yeah. at the end. And if he didn't die, we wouldn't have been able to get that scene. I'm assuming you got to kind of link that stuff. Chef's kiss. Oh, hell yeah. Chef's motherfucking kiss. When when that scene happened, Paul goes, yeah, I didn't think we were going to get it. (laughs) It was good. So, yeah, because it's really only the last 20 20 to 15 minutes of the show, you see that last three-hour chunk, Yep. which I was counting down the seconds until we got that gap. I was like, when is this going to fucking happen? Uh, But it did not disappoint. Sweet Nell bops her awake, correct? Well, yeah, but she walks up to her own body and he says, underneath, she's a horror, but she's pretty. She was saying all these things, ripped out her guts, spiked her eyes shut so she doesn't stare. Plugged her hole so she doesn't leak. Yeah, plugged yeah. her face, her lips so she doesn't scream. Yeah, yeah, like wired her jaw. Yeah, there it's you just go. Crazy shit. And then proceeds to rip her face off <laughs> after she sits up and looks the other Cheryl, the real Cheryl, in the face. And then uh, Nell boinks her. No, Poppy Boinks. Oh, okay. Nell Bops. Oh, Nell Bops, okay. <laughs> now, no, I'm just no, making it up as Poppy, we go. Doinks, and Boinks. Yeah, Doinks and okay. Boinks, and All Nell right, Bops, and sure. Sweet, Sweet Bops, yeah. When she got bopped by Nell, she wakes up to Steve giving Luke CPR. She goes over to help, and then the camera slowly pans to Theo, you're like, all right, Theo's up next. (laughs) Kathleen literally said, like, hey, Theo, what are you thinking about before the scene starts? (laughs) What is, give me the name of the the girl again. Trish. 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 I never put that to memory. Honestly, I was editing a previous episode and someone says, is it Trish? And we're like, it is now. And I was like, if it's not Trish, it's Trish. Trish is RGG. Like, it doesn't doesn't even need a name. Her name is Trish. But her name is Trish. So we did it. Theo's vision, house vision, at this point, it's very obvious that they're all just getting their own personal visions. She is taken back to the night when she met Trish and their postcoital, you know, pillow pillow talk was going on. 
And Theo divulges this whole story about how when she was a kid, she broke the glass of a greenhouse. She, of a green- she threw the, a rock through the window and was punished by Liv. And that was the one and only time she was ever punished by Liv. And this taught something. This 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 internalized something about Theo of herself, as well as it taught the mother something because she never did it again. Right. In her life. Meaning she hit her. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. She spanked her. She gave her a spanking. And then Theo was like, and then I did it again. And then I <laughs> yeah, and then I did it again. <laughs> Savage. She wanted to get spanked. I can't wait to guess Luke's favorite characters. Luke ranked his characters, and I can't wait. I think you guys are. I think if we all did it, mine would be incredibly different than all of yours. But we'll talk. Maybe about we'll it. do it on the fly. Then this whole episode yeah. changed everything, yeah. as it should have. Well, right? yeah, definitely should. Made me reevaluate yeah. every character. The Bang Kill Mary is everyone pick your top three characters and play Bang Kill Mary with them <laughs> separately. Dia's next reveal. Is yeah, she the can't gloves. remember why she needs the gloves, and they start. Trish is like talking to her, and she's. Theo is grabbing Trish and is like, I can't feel it. Basically, she can't feel anything out of the normal, like what right. a normal human could feel. And Trish is like, well, what do you feel normally? Kind yeah. of. Trish looks hot. BTW. I was, was going to say the most important thing in this scene <laughs> is we get a shot from the bottom right corner of the bed. <laughs> and it's just Trish on top of Theo. And Trish is in broad thong. And we can Red, see, too. It's we hot. can see her little heart tattoo on her right butt cheek and all the other tattoos <laughs> on the side. I was going to say. <laughs> is she on your list of top characters now, Luke? Trish, Trish, we got that angle. And Paul goes, yeah, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> I like her a little bit more. Ooh, Trish. But we do get an incredible story from Trish that did not really make sense directly to Theo, but I loved every part of it. It felt like lore for it, the Hill House ghost. Right, because right? I didn't really understand what it was until about midway through, and then you realize it's about William Hill. But yes, he's the one who yeah, pricked yeah, himself absolutely. in? Okay, okay, yeah. Because a lot of the words that she's using to describe him that give it away is this tall, I mean, this very, very... I don't even know how she starts it. She says she, like he locked himself in the behind the wall to make himself feel because he felt small. And then he the whole thing was fear and guilt. This fear and guilt is the only thing that Theo feels right now. And then Trish goes on to Who tell are the sisters that he was talking about fear and guilt, right? Fear and guilt yeah. are but, the two sisters, but they're not actual. I He's, thought he was talking about no, actual humans. No, he bricked himself in because of them. Of fear and He's guilt. hiding mm. from them. But what he didn't realize is that he just built a wall and trapped himself in there with the two sisters. Yes. So when he changed his mind, he tried to get out with scrape at the wall. He scraped so much that his hands deteriorated and it sounded like rats Rats. in a wall. Love. And, And then she went out to, she went to say when he woke up, he was so tall because that was his dream. And that's why his ghost is this big motherfucker. Yeah, uh, yeah, and okay. he floats a little bit. Wait, did you not pick up on why that's why he's so big? Well, that was his dream was to be. I remember, I remember her saying that. I don't remember them saying that. Before. I didn't really. That didn't really click with me. Either. Am I wrong? Am I just making that up, or is that what you're supposed to imply? Because I thought it was. He, Makes he sense. Felt so sure, and then when he died and he woke up, woke up from his dream, just as Hot Mama's always been saying, he was huge yeah he was obviously not ever that tall so i agree with you (laughs) that that makes sense because i was kind of wondering that but this is actually the scariest probably save that nell has to come in and do is go ahead paul trish is going (laughs) trish is going downtown and and then there's a million hands that come out from every direction just start smothering zombie hands theo and And she can't even like say anything all of a sudden she looks over and she sees nell Standing next to the bed, she holds That's out awkward. her hand. Nell's watching with her yeah. and Trish. Yeah, seriously, freak. 
It's like, uh, no, walk over and grab me. Yeah, bitch, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so Theo struggles a little bit, but she gets her hands out and gets touched by Nell. Who Nell, what's her? Bops her away? Bops her. And then she sees Trish is boinking her. <laughs> I fucking yeah. loved Nell in all these visions. She's so, so, personally think the Nell scene is the best of the series. The Nell out of order scene into the order scene mm-hmm. is just, she wraps up the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. in one, but so after yeah. the bop, this is when all the siblings are finally awake and they're all working on resuscitating Luke after his ghost overdose. Yeah. Ooh, is, that, is that rhyme? Ghost, ghost overdose. overdose. That's good. Close enough. Yeah. Close he enough. wakes up handsome as all hell in a suit looking prim and proper in an all white, like an interrogation, basically room, red room. So, uh, like, Hot Mama has this really, like, kind of sweet monologue that was delusional, and I didn't write any of it down because I was like, she's just talking nonsense about being a kid and falling in love with houses and this and that, whatever it is. Sweetheart, that was the bottom line. That was the whole episode. It was all about that. He says, where are we? And she says, we're home. Mm -hmm. She, like, went on to say some weird shit. That just had no relevance when she was saying, you know, people will come to me to have their fortune told and yeah robin yeah. like i almost named you robin crane yeah but then i when you were born i saw you when you were luke and we didn't mention that also at the tape it's obvious that this is just the dead version of the of the red room and what we see is abigail and nell sitting at the table both as kids abigail of course but nell surprisingly is her younger actor yeah they're just sitting there you know that they're all dead now i did not think luke was coming back I thought he was dead 100% until Nell said, go. And then she went on to say, don't, don't. And then once she started doing that, and I was like, maybe there's a chance. Nell's trying to save him. But So you're I, saying there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I 100% thought he was dead when they stopped giving him CPR. And then it went into the scene. And I was pissed. I always love and it's so classic and maybe a little cliche but i always like it when it's like he has to choose to live yeah you can't convince i was just watching supergirl the other day and had the exact same thing like she was trapped you have to choose to leave this alternate reality you're in or else you'll never no one can pull you out of this you have to now for everyone who doesn't watch supergirl let's do the harry potter reference when he's a platform nine and three quarters oh the last horcrux (laughs) (laughs) when he can decide to board the train or come back and fight Voldemort. But oh, yeah. it's a little it's a little different because he still needed Nell. He needed adult Nell to pull him out. Or for those who haven't seen Harry Potter or the uh what'd you say? Or Supergirl. Supergirl. Supergirl, there's Deadpool. Everyone's two. seen Supergirl. There's Deadpool too when yes. he goes to see his girlfriend. <laughs> That's so true. Luke, what's your example? And for everyone who hasn't seen Deadpool too. <laughs> there's the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. <laughs> and Sweet, sweet Nell comes and pops him and saves I just, him. Yeah, I just think it's it's just super creepy when he's like adult Luke and little Nell's just sitting there and she's and Olivia's just like sit down. She's like, no, <laughs> don't, don't. She said Go. he says, am, am I dead? And like, no, you're awake. And then he was saying, or the mom was saying, you want to be here. And he was like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I don't know this is going on. The top hats just randomly appeared on all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to put uh, it on his head. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want that. She was like, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Turns around and out of nowhere, everybody's wearing the big boy hats. Well, I, I think it's cool, too, because when he says, like, I don't want to be in, in here, she says, you've been knocking on that door for years. I just yeah. love knocking that on death's door. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool little play. And on then, words. Wow. Okay. Nell, that literally uh, just made sense to me. Bop. Bops him. Well, holds his hand, grabs his hand. Once they wake up, Luke survives. Obviously, he takes a deep breath. 
And he's saying, he's pointing and saying, she saved me. And now Nell's walking around saying a bunch of nonsense, words out of order, basically. I love her entire speech. Really tells you the whole story of fucking everything. It tells Mm -hmm. you all the secrets, tells you everything. I feel a little clearer. I, it wouldn't have changed anything. The rest is confetti. And she's just saying something. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, she can't hear us. I don't think she can hear us. And then Nell breaks down what the rooms are, which is so dumb. Yeah. So Shirley says, I feel like I've been here before. And then Nell finally like looks at her and says, time was all out of order. I thought it was like dominoes, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was one straight line. It turns out that, Little moments are like falling all around us like rain and snow or confetti. Isn't she sweet like sugar? My <laughs> fucking God. When she gets around to talking about the house as if it's a human body, that was awesome. Mom says that a, that a house is like a body and that every house has eyes and bones skin face (sighs) this room is like the heart of the house no not a heart a stomach it was your dance studio Theo it was my toy room it was a reading room for mom, the game room for Steve, a family room for Shirley, a treehouse. But it was always the bedroom. Put on different faces so that we'd be still and quiet while it digested. I'm like a small creature swallowed whole by a monster. And the monster feels my tiny little movements inside. You have to live. That makes a lot of things work, in my opinion. It's just always like a moving body. And I love how she th- she starts off by talking about the Red Room being the heart and then says, no, it's actually the stomach. The dance studios for Theo, the toy room for Nell, reading room for Mom, game room for Steve, family room for Shirley, which I didn't clock. That one, family I was room just for gonna, Shirley. I wanted to bring that up. Treehouse for Luke. It put on different faces while it digested us. What was the what was the family room scenes that we got? She's putting the cat pictures in after yeah. they die. Like, it's in the Shirley episode only. Now I like that because it adds a little more value to the kittens that just kind of had a flash. But that's cool. I like for, that for the pause here. Uh, now that we know every single room, did you guys notice that every single room has the same exact window as the red room? No, it's in the same it's just exact that spot. back spot. I can picture the treehouse that you're saying sing- that, yeah. and the reading room. Yeah, I can do it. Every now. single one Holy has shit. it's the exact same room, just decorated differently it's so well done i mean i haven't read the book it's uh, it's next on my list after i finish the magicians i'll let you know if they use that but that is incredible i think that's so smart just the fact that they were like yeah it keeps us quiet while it slowly digests yes us. yes that's so cool absolutely insane and 
we were getting towards this this path. Definitely were. You but guys. I don't think we would have been able to predict exactly the the twist that gets revealed here. And I loved it. I thought it was yeah. so good. Insane. And it makes so much sense. I'm happy. I just what's vividly sticks out of my head is when Paul brought up in the earlier episode when Steve's talking. I think it's Steve or Cheryl's talking to Hot Mama. I think it's talking, one episode. It one. might be episode one. That was such a good catch, man. I did not yep. get that the first time through. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty rewarding. It marinated for 10 episodes, and then we, <laughs> we finally get the re- reveal. Because um, we were taking it from the angle that we thought the mom couldn't yeah. leave the house. Let's look at back. It's like, you fucking idiot. The yeah. mom can't leave the house. What are you, spitting bullshit? Well, when she's a ghost, technically, I guess she can go outside a little bit. But <laughs> a little bit. Hugh went outside as a ghost. Like, yeah, he can go. she can go outside, I guess, a little yeah. bit, but not like... Well, I don't know. Freaking Nell just hangs herself in every anywhere she yeah. wants. Yeah. And- <laughs> There's so no rules. Luke at this point is saying, "I can't do this without you, Danelle." And she says, "I learned a secret. There is no without. I'm not gone. I'm scattered." This is when she says the snow and the confetti again. But everyone starts apologizing, and Nell is taking it all in stride. I mean, b- being so sweet, and says, "I loved you completely, and you loved me the same. That's all. The rest is confetti." I mean, right, a bullet to the chest. I'm like, fucking love now, right? Uh, but sidebar, is this did this not give you uh some dark vibes, Jace Bing, with all these um? Oh yeah, time every, is everywhere. The, yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> loved it all. So after Nell does say how much she loved her family and they loved her and that they were just you know she died relatively happy. She's at peace. I yeah. would have loved to be one of those three actors not Nell in that room mm-hmm. to witness Victoria Pajetti do that. Because yeah. that was so good. Yeah, it was a really she really kicked scene. ass because she has to go from talking absolute nonsense to a monologue mm-hmm. and emotional monologue at that. Really well done. And this leads us directly to Hugh waking up on the other side of the red door. Right. So to Props me, to you guys uh, for saying, what's that medicine? Why is he taking that medicine? Cause that's yeah, what he yeah. eventually yeah. Now we, on. I think I even was, I don't know if I was trying to be slick or if I just screwed myself up, <laughs> but too. I was like, oh, psychiatric medicine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did say yeah. something to me like, oh, whatever. He's, he's got a, anxiety. <laughs> he's, he's a therapist, dude. Let him live his life. So when he does wake up, he instantly pops the meds, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought he looks down, he sees the gray ghost feet. I thought it was going to be live right but it's poppy's ghost Mm -hmm. and she starts talking in riddles and weird ways of giving this story about the the how grattens grattens like first it was young miss and then first it was was young miss yeah (laughs) it's a nursery rhyme about how this family slowly got murdered by the house or something it's just insane and i was so happy the second hot mama pulled up behind her and defended hugh for a second oh, I, yeah i just like was like fuck yeah let's get a little redemption here stay away no i kind of murder some people let me ask you guys a question when she defended hugh were you expecting her to be normal hot mama no. not like alive you mean just no, like no like conscious? how she used to be i did for a second and then she kind I of loses herself i don't understand and i'm a, like as a vet like everyone else seems to go back to normal poppy's just supposed to be insane anyway yeah but hot mama stays awake uh, quote unquote but she was also kind of a little off as a when she was alive with all the migraines and stuff so it's not right. like she was there she's, she's still, still in that delusional yeah, she's thought still fully like mad at him saying you took the kids away from me and whatever keep going i i was gonna say yeah. the exact same thing jimmy so yeah yeah she, she yeah she's still 
believes Poppy when Poppy says the way to wake him up is to kill them and waking up is actually truly being like alive. She I like I believe that's what she believes. Mm-hmm. I like to think of Poppy as the main bad guy of this show. And Which is she, crazy. She had 30, I don't even know if years are really a concept to ghost, but she had 30 more years of planting the seed. She was already planting in Liv's head when she was alive, making her crazy. So I like to attribute a lot of the reason that she is also crazy besides her having migraines and being a little off as a normal person as being manipulated by the Poppy ghost, who, yeah. in my opinion, feels like the the main boss the final boss right of the <laughs> final boss of the house yeah i mean yeah. you know like say you're living i mean Liv woke up and this is spoiler we'll get there but she wakes up right away she's like i feel like i'm in a dream she's like already back to being cray mm-hmm. but like you said she's probably sitting there with poppy for however many years yeah. poppy's like that son of a bitch you took the children <laughs> yeah, away right. are you really gonna let them do that yeah i really like this part because is that the last time we see Poppy, by the way? That's not the last. I think so. Well, she, I like how she's like, he's a, what does he call him? She's like, he's a hot he's, young yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just too cute, Liv. Yeah. yeah. Liv is saying everyone's home. She's excited that all the kids are home. She's crazy bananas. And she looks at Hugh and says, you've changed so much. How long has it been since you've been here? Meaning. Yes. That Hugh had probably on 100% used to visit afterwards when she was dead. And he was like, it was too hard to see you here. And this is confirmation because he says, but you've been with me this whole time. And she's like, no, I haven't. So it is confirmed that it was a coping mechanism. And that fucked me up. Well, first, (laughs) no, okay. The, the, The fact that it is heavily implied that he had been going back at least at some points. That was awesome to me. Yeah. Right. And right. that's why I wanted to bring that up earlier, but I was waiting for this reveal in the pod. Like you said, how ghost woke he is. He's been visiting the house and seeing the ghosts. Like, he is as ghost woke as you can be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's inter- I didn't take it that way, but it just makes way more sense when she says you've changed so much. How long has it been? And he says way longer than I've intended. Mm-hmm. I thought that meant he was planning to go back but he never could since the night that he found her there. But what you find out he did go back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. to, he's to visit and then it just got too hard for him. So uh, the culmination of the scene is basically they go back and forth and she's like, no, they, these kids are staying. Like, I'm not letting you take them. I don't want to be alone. And she, he basically makes the proposition. If you let them live, I'll kill myself. Mm-hmm. Woo. I'll stay with you. I'll stay. I'll make the ultimate sac- or whatever the ultimate promise, whatever he says. Right, because her thing was that if you let them go and let them live, quote unquote, I'll be alone. So he says, you know, I'll stay with you. So he's gonna bear it so they don't have to. Right. Oh snap! <laughs> Hugh, Griffin. <Son>. Hugh Griffin. <laughs> Hugh Griffin. He is. <laughs> God, if anyone gets that, please <laughs> send us a message. Yeah. We'll give you a free binge town TV shirt. <laughs> Truly. Okay. He uh, he has a good line about <laughs> Nell saying, "I saw her at her wedding on her first dance. Yeah, she shined. Her smile shined like a star. We created a new star." I thought that was really cool. So why were you guys participating so heavily in the conversation when we were talking about if it was a ghost or if it was I said it was a coping mechanism the entire time. You did, did. you did. (laughs) I was just letting you sit with it because he was the one that was participating. I was was like, yeah, because I totally thought that it was going to be up in the air based on our conversation, which I guess was good because it misled me. I was half letting you guys talk, but also I was confused because why, if it's a coping mechanism, why would Nell see her? I still don't know that. 
I think it's oh yeah, she everyone's, does see her at the wedding. No, I think that everything is different through everyone else's eyes. I think it's a different human. I agree that it maybe shouldn't have been the same version, mm-hmm. but. I think that anything Nell sees is her own damn thing. Yeah, Everyone because, has their I mean, own baggage. I'm just saying this. The way the scene goes is that we get the reveal that she has her hand on his shoulder and then it just pans to Nell seeing the same thing and kind of freaking out a little bit. And then Steve saying, you all right, what's wrong? So uh, Nell's a little more linked up than yeah. whatever, but a I more agree sensitive. a little more sensitive. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, I took Hugh's conversation with Luke a couple episodes ago. I think it was maybe the eulogy episode or, or the one before as confirmation that it was a coping mechanism. When he says some people use it as a coping me- mechanism, but that's not always the case. He's, he's confirming that he's just, um, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. No, that, that's fine with me. That's, yeah. That's what I think it is. I'm sitting with that now. Right. I like this. This makes sense. The end of the scene when he says, if it weren't for those kids or I would have laid down with you and followed you into the darkness Meaning all those years ago, I would have killed myself mm-hmm. when I found you. But now that I know these kids are safe, if you let those kids go, then I'll stay with you because, you know, there's nothing else out there. Mm-hmm. So the door opens. That's confirmation. Real- Honestly, and he if you it. weren't paying attention very much, like you wouldn't think he already killed himself because when Steve and Luke, when they're carrying Luke out and they pause, mm-hmm. unless you're really thinking about it, you wouldn't notice that that is the moment where Steve sees the dead body on the floor. 100%. He's with his dad carrying Luke out and looks on the ground and sees his dead fucking dad and is like, that's why they paused. Didn't really catch that. Right, exactly. No, I didn't catch it either. Yeah, Yeah, that's why they put, there's a good three second pause where Luke looks whatever and they're carrying him out. And and Hugh gets all the way out to the car to get him in the car and they he says, listen, me and Luke, me and your brother have something else to take care of. You guys go, we'll meet you there. Fuck. And I can't believe I, I didn't even connect all of this because it's just, I literally watched this an hour and a half ago. So now I'm connecting. Yeah. You're right. When the rewatch the conversation that he says to him, like, it's right. A, what says, does he say? You he says it's probably best you didn't say anything. And then Steve asks, what did I see? Right. She's so confused because he right. sees his dad living and he sees his dad dead. Steve's still not ghost woke yet. So, yeah. but. Get the fuck out of here that you're going to go back in there by yourself. Like after everything, well, he's you got his boy, you. He's, he's got, got his dead got ass ghost you. you with the him. sisters were so ready. All right, bye. Yeah. Like, we're not going back in. Like, that's how I would be. They, I'd they, be in that car. That's why they, they didn't even see their dead dad because they were like, I'm going to go start the car. And they sprinted out of the red room so quickly. Bunch of pussies. I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> this flashback is what we've all been waiting for. It's, I think, how they did it was incredible. Paul called it out. I'm. It's been so long, but Paul called it out. Was like, yes, like said yes before I even clocked what was happening with the car. As pulling the car up. pulled up, you knew. Yeah, yeah, he knew. He was like, nice. finally. He's like, I didn't think we were gonna get it. I was nervous. I was freaking out. I yeah. got because we were pausing it to take notes, and I looked up and I was like, fuck. There's only 20 minutes left. How are they gonna wrap this in? And then they did it perfectly because Young Hugh comes up, goes into the house. She yells, "Live!" Like she's gonna answer. And then turns the corner, looks oh, into that scream. that scream was unexpected. The, the saddest part, mm-hmm. honestly, it just hurt because it was just like pure pain. Steve walks around the corner and sees young Q holding freshly suicided, suicided. Jesus. This is another reason why they had to double cast you because yes, they're in the scene together as well. And I don't know why that didn't clock the first time I watched it. And I was like complaining about it. 
But I'm glad they did because I love old Hugh. Old mm-hmm. Hugh just does it for me big time. So does young Hugh, but old Hugh has all like the really, really tough stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's looking. Steve is the only one who walks in. Hugh doesn't walk in. Old right. Hugh doesn't walk into that room. He doesn't need to see it again. He right. lived it. And he stands at the door. Yeah. And Steve is looking at him and young Hugh looks up and it's like, what, what happened? Why are you here? And it looks like he's talking to him and yeah. Steve is shook. Yep. Like, can you imagine looking at your dad from years ago th- with your dead mom on yeah. the ground, seeing the exact scene? Young Hugh's talking to Dudley at this point. Mrs. Dudley. Not, yes. Yeah. Dudley. But Claire you think Dudley. he's talking to Steve. Yeah, yeah, you see I was straight watching through. Paul's face at that point and you were convinced you definitely thought that. Yeah. I was like, dude, tell me young Steve was there and <laughs> yeah. told his young Hugh. No, my mind but started no. racing time loops. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I started <laughs> yeah. doing math calculations real quick. And then I was you like, were Ooh. Charlie day in that <laughs> meme. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, so I can good. fix it nah. about hot mama fuck and mr dudley comes in it's mrs dudley mr dudley in like sleepy clothes yeah which is interesting to see them and they're kind of going our daughter snuck out in the middle of the night they can't they're not really getting it out and then (laughs) should should we have confession time confession time i really i literally wrote abigail reveal fuck you jimmy (laughs) and then the dudleys are a wreck so 90% Ninety percent of the way into last episode Con- recording. Confession alert: I am a first-time vet. Usually, the last time we've done rooks and vets, I was a rook. Okay, and Luke, Paul, well, and the couple other uh, vets you have not met yet were phenomenal at not spoiling anything for me, and I apologize that I accidentally let it loose. We cut it out of last episode, but Jimmy but, spoiled that. Yeah, basically, big time. they were. Th- they were theorizing. I was asking questions, and I kind of was. <laughs> he goes, yeah, Claire Dudley, and we. I was like, is he kidding me? Bottom line was, we did not. We were talking about all everything to do with Abigail at the end of the last episode, but we had to cut around everything that spawned from Jimmy's question, which he told us that Abigail's parents were the Dudleys, which, in hindsight, is pretty well, fucking obvious. Th- we theorized it from the beginning of that episode that abigail was the daughter of clara right um yeah. what god a- confirmed it by accident well, yeah. what yeah. tripped us up is jimmy asked do you think abigail was real do you think that was a real body or a ghost and i at the time was like i still thought it was a ghost because i thought there was time loop shit where abigail already died and mrs dudley was talking yeah. about her like she was dead right and then kathleen was like no like come on it's not even a spoiler anymore it was confirmed dead body <laughs> yeah and, and the then- point that you got wrapped up on paul is because and it, it's a valid point was how mrs dudley has been trying to hide the fact that she had a dot as a, a live daughter right yeah. so every time she was talking to live and telling that stories in the earlier uh, last episode she's talking about her in a way that misled it's just vague it's purposely vague for the reveal but to me the minute abigail popped up in luke's bed she was confirmed real oh yeah my i was like there was no of course up until that moment is she real is she fake who who knows but when she popped out of luke's bed she was a real human everyone's like oh shit abigail's real except for luke getting his shirt ripped i brought this up before it's not until episodes nine and ten that you actually see a ghost touch someone like hold their hand and pull them away. Like when Abigail's pulled or anything well, now she's carrying Luke. Yeah. Now anything now it could be mm-hmm. you helping Steven with Luke and all that stuff. But before then, you know, if I saw a physical person I thought was physical and just walking around, I just assumed it like Abigail was real, mm-hmm. you know, 
So I, yes, let's jump back into this because I thought the Dudley conversation and how that connected a lot of the dots that we've been talking about for the whole season. That was to me the best reveal that I didn't expect. Meaning what exactly? Like, what what reveal are you mean? Oh, I just mean everything in general. How how the Dudleys that whole scene, they were just so unexpected. How they dealt with their daughter dying. Yeah. And they were ghost woke as fuck. They they rationalized it really quickly. They weren't that they were they were calm. Yeah. They were they were collected. They were planning ahead because yeah. they knew about the ghost. Because they were so ghost woke, they weren't that upset. Exactly. And and I think the biggest reveal here that Abigail again kind of confirmed in nine is that if you die in the house, you stay there forever. Yeah. And I think that until this moment, you didn't have that completely confirmed, but it's mm-hmm. just like Murder House, American Horror Story, Murder House season one. If you die in that house, you live there forever as a right. ghost. So it's pretty fucking cool because I wasn't even I was just like, oh, it's ghosts. I didn't think you had to die there to be a ghost. I don't right. know what I thought. But even if you flash forward a little bit to see the Dudley, Mr. Dudley bringing Clara in on her on her last breath to die in the house. So they live forever in that house. Fucking amazing. Oh, fucking amazing. And we'll get there. But I had to just keep that going. But I again, one more line that I really liked old Hugh watching young Hugh look at the Dudleys and say, I didn't know Mm. when they first see Abigail and Mrs. Dudley's crying over Abigail and old Hugh just says both of their children, all of their children, because both the the baby was a stillborn mm-hmm. and now their young Abigail died there. And it's just like I had the chills. I'm like, fuck this house. Fuck this house so hard. Can we talk about how ghost Abigail is just an instant snitch? She just says when they say like what happened, she just goes right <laughs> over narc. and points at. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> she, yeah, who killed you? Her. <laughs> the same <laughs> Abigail that in the last episode goes, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Young Hugh walks over, over the railing, and sees Liv's dead body, and then Ghost Liv standing over it, saying, "Hey, like I had just had the strangest dream." Uh, and just, a wacko. Just to freaking jump back a few scenes when Young Hugh is holding Liv's dead body in her arms. When he kept saying his famous line, I can fix this, I can fix this. Like, bro, no, you can't. <laughs> like, even Mr. Dudley knew that. She was he was like, No, you can't. Just put her down. Okay, I want to open up the floor because this is the plot hole. We we kind of talked about it before the episode, before we recorded. So the Dudleys are saying, you have to keep this house. Like, don't burn it. Hugh goes on this whole thing. I'm going to burn this. I'm going to salt the earth, whatever he's going to say. And they're saying, no, you fucking won't. Yeah. Our kids are here. There's no way. I'm her mother. I'm not going to leave her again. So Dudley, dude Dudley, Dudley takes <laughs> the body out and buries it. So when we get that cop scene episodes ago and they say, we haven't even talked about the other body. What the fuck are they talking about? I hate that that you yeah. brought that to my attention because that feels like a genuine plot hole. The only thing I could think of is that what were you going to say? The Just dead the in dead. the wall, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I was going to say that it doesn't make Maybe. sense. But Abigail was dying on the floor and she was spitting shit up, so they like saw. 
They but that could easily just though. be. Yeah. yeah, they said body. I was thinking about that, and yeah, one they said body, and two, if they went around and did forensic shit, they would find blood and yeah. Puke and, <laughs> and There's everywhere. not an inch of that place that isn't blood and puke and shit and everything yeah. else. <laughs> I don't know. You could just play the game where they got dogs or some shit and found the body buried in the forest. Maybe that yeah. doesn't that doesn't take away from Abigail being a ghost in the house. Still, that's not going to change. That no, works. right. Yeah. And how about the fact that the Dudleys kept Abigail like. They're like, no one would even know to mourn her. How fucked up. She's the only person. They're the only two that knew Abigail was even a thing. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mrs. Dudley, again, I'm just kind of finishing the the conversation here. Mrs. Dudley is imploring Hugh saying, we're going to keep this promise with the police. We're not going to tell them anything to do with Liv or Abigail, but you have to keep the promise of never letting another, you can't sell this house and you can never let another family come here. What she says specifically is you're going to let it starve. And yeah. I love that Starve. metaphor that it keeps coming to. But yeah, so Mrs. Mr. Dudley also says he's trying to protect some things in the house that don't belong to Hugh. And this is just hinting at some of the ghosts that are there. Right. I forever. loved it. This house is full of precious things and they don't all belong to you. Yep. Yay. So good. Uh, but I think this is the best. So Steve is like, why didn't you tell me? I wish you told me. I wish I I had known. And this is so applicable just to life in general. And old Hugh says, some things can't be told. You live them or you don't. They can't be told. And it's like, whoa, so fucking true. Some things you just can't explain. Mm -hmm. Like, how could he have possibly explained that without Steve just going mental illness, like right in his fucking face? Now, let me ask you guys a question. Um, We have all the kids being haunted is it now they're not going to be haunted because Olivia is telling Hugh, promising Hugh that she won't try to bring them back. I would think so. Yes. Okay. Cause I was going to say even Hugh going, the house could still haunt the kids and try to bring them back. But I would say yes, especially because Liv was seen specifically trying to pull Luke back both in the, in the burial of Nell's casket. And when he when she is the top hat ghost for a second in, yeah. in Luke's episode. So if she stops doing that. I see that as being the main pool going back to the house. <laughs> and I'm guessing Nell bringing herself in is kind of like going back to the speech where she knows she needs to be the key to keep to save them all. Yeah. So she's letting herself die. Go oh, to the- man, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I at. love that. Yeah. My best friend, Kevin when we were talking we watched it after we were like we want a sequel we want a second season it was so good and he was like if it's a sequel it better be a different family leave the cranes alone <laughs> like <laughs> leave them alone we don't need a sequel fuck that They're, they've been tortured their entire lives i think this next scene of steve saying goodbye to his father both old hugh and young hugh when he switches is the most touching in the entire show because the funeral episode hugh goes up to say basically he tries to reconcile with all of his kids and he does the only one he doesn't even get close to is steve because he can't say what he wants to say so that his actual saying i've never been prouder than all of you never been prouder than anything ever like take care of each other be kind to each other steve is saying like he like real emotionally he's like dad like asking him where is he going but Hugh's saying be kind to one another um and slowly walks into the red room with Liv and now he says 
this is all yours now the house and the promise and steve it, the the most cynical guy the one who didn't believe in any of it the douche one who was like f- so mean to his dad now has to hold this burden and the secret and also like his dead family member so now what does steve do now like that line some things can't be told it's like why didn't he's like why didn't you tell your sisters about what you saw yeah, Basically. and now Steve's got to go to the hospital to to see how Luke's doing and be like, oh yeah, Dad's dead too. Yeah, I don't care. I loved everything about awesome. that. That was it was so perfect. powerful to me. Poetry, just passing the baton off to Steve. That was amazing. That mm. was so fucking good for his character because that directly leads to his full character arc closure at the which is. Are we ready to go through? Yeah, the, let's the, do it. The, Basically, the epilogue scenes for all of them. After okay, well, first we have to say, as Steve's walking out of the house after accepting the promise, and he's walking to the front oh, yeah. down the steps to the front of Hill House of the door, the main at the bottom of the steps. There's like fifty fucking ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I said, why did so many people die in this fucking house? Yeah, that's fifty people in one house. I would be pissed if one person had died in my house yeah. before. Surprised, Poppy didn't pull some shit there. We saw. William Hill was short and normal sized again. I didn't. I didn't really take note of anything else for the ghosts except that they were just there. Yeah, it's just that they're all there. Yeah. I saw a hidden ghost in the background. <laughs> yeah, hidden fifty <laughs> ghosts. Yeah. Forty nine of them were meant to be there, but yeah. the one isn't. So the one's waving in the background. Yeah, he's he goes on this monologue to Lee. It's a little bit of a flash forward. He's he's saying I've been wrong about so much. I've lived with ghosts since I was a kid, and like Paul said. Ghosts are guilts and secrets and regrets and failings, but most times ghosts are just a wish. And he said, like, he goes on this whole speech about marriage, which then cuts to Cheryl, a perfect transition of Cheryl and Kevin talking. And I love this bit of Cheryl saying, I need you to love me as hard as you can for the next few minutes, which ties perfectly into Hugh telling Steve when we fought. You had to love each other through it. I just think it was perfect. I honestly wish she he told that story to Cheryl because that yeah. would tie that moment in a little bit better. But I just love that because it's like when you're in a marriage, it like the, you're saying something as hard as that. It's like we're gonna get through this. Like you gotta just love me through this, and mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, and Kevin did. He held her hand, and then we get Trish and Theo. I hope he was a little bit salty. Yeah, right. Of course, to he's gotta be. He's yeah. like, as the love moment's over, can I yell at you for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Remember that time you like made me like sleep at the hotel yeah, exactly. and called me a piece of shit, and <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> All right, this is happy part. This is happy time. So Cheryl gets her reconciliation with Art. Uh, not with RG. With Kevin. You're <laughs> gonna say Arthur. I was like, whoa. RGG. Uh, then we go back to Steve, who's kind of narrating voiceover this whole end until the conclusion. And he's talking to Lee. Mm-hmm. Nailed nice, it. Nice. <laughs> About nice. all of his regrets and wanting to come home. And he has the great line saying, I just want to fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. He is you. So good. Yeah. Yep. He is you. Trish and Theo are good. And she throws away the gloves. Take that as you will. I think she's just ready to feel. She's ready to feel the feels. Feel the feels. Do you think she still feels everything? That's a good question. Uh, yes. I still think she does. I think mm-hmm. she's just accepting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's tough because she's the only one with a real power. The twin thing is now negated because Nell is dead. So it's kind of tough. She's the only one with a real ass superpower. Like that's a superpower. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And like I said, none of that was in the books. 
That's it was crazy. just for the show. Okay. And then old Dudley brings uh, Clara, Clara to the to house. Die. Like, so we did it. Good. This That's when the such tears. a rewarding came. scene mm-hmm. with Mr. Dudley rushing to get Clara into Hill House before she passes on. And he is just so happy that when he does get her there, she, her ghost wakes up and she's holding the miscarriage baby. And she's hot again. Oh, Abigail, <laughs> the miscarriage baby was hot. No, the, no, oh, I was gonna say, she's that. so happy when she's hot again uh, yeah. <laughs> the, because she's, she's young. young, hot thing again. She's not old. <laughs> How come Hazel's freaking old and disgusting? And, and Clara I know, right? Gets to be hot. You choose what you, you, choose think you what deserve. You look like. So that yeah. was to me, that was a really unexpected, rewarding scene we get with the Dudleys. And then we flash to Luke celebrating in the future. And it's marked it's marked as the future because it was his two year celebration of Yay, being sober. Good mm-hmm. job, Luker. Yeah. Does rat poison count? I was just gonna think that. Technically, <laughs> he started zero. It could be two it's years just, from then. Yeah, a year and <laughs> either way he's got two years and sober. Lee and we're is proud. pregnant. In is the she? scene, yes. Leah's pregnant in the scene. Oh, she must have been in the background. I, I did not catch that. Yeah, she is too busy pregnant. with my heart just like fluttering. And- yeah. So that's that brings that's up awesome. that brings up another question: reverse vasectomy for Steve, or did Luke take one for Steve <laughs> and get in there? <laughs> that I mean, <laughs> we have to assume it's Luke's baby, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's in the family. And silence lay steadily against the wooden stone of Hill House, and those that walk there walk together. Child, I love that. I just like Steve's um, monologues with that. I like quick voiceover criticism. And tell me if I'm even wrong for just suggesting this, but I thought it might have been a nicer ending scene if they end it with the scene that ended Hot Mama's um, episode, where it's the first day of them showing up to Hill House. Mm. If they did this voiceover over that, and then you know he turned and said, "How could we go on without you?" Then we would be crying, though. Yeah. <laughs> liked that though because that was the end of her episode and she died in that episode technically she died in the first one but we saw her entire story Mm -hmm. and it wraps up with just being like how could we so i have a nice little fun fact mike flanagan the showrunner almost decided this is a rumor that in the final scene where they're all with luke and they're they're cutting the cake and everyone's in the background that behind them was going to be the red room window Interesting. And make you like wow. think what's the deal. But you know, he went I kinda the wish they did that. That'd yeah. be cool. I wouldn't have noticed it. I would have had to read it on an article somewhere, but yeah. Love. So the only thing I guess that doesn't really make sense to us is when the cop says the body in the house, when young Hugh touches Theo that night and we get a flash of Ghost Abigail. Well, we I answered that. that on this. Nell answers it with the time loops. Everything's out of oh, order. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's really just the body. And I'm sure there's an answer to it. We yeah. just have to be told. What A couple. Mike. Quick. Mike. Mike. We'll get Mike. Fuck's your answer, Mike. Yeah. And, and the dumb runner. <laughs> that fucking dumb waiter. I'm never gonna let that go. I have <laughs> a couple things that I just wanted to quickly bring up. Nothing's really bad at all. But I did not think the Arthur Nell's husband death sat too well with me without anything more given did he mm-hmm. actually have a brain aneurysm she's just cursed which if she's just cursed did we ever really see anything else that was comparable to this besides that besides her getting haunted her entire well, life yeah, yeah but I, I mean like you know it can always just be like arthur has an aneurysm and he could have had an aneurysm whether they met and she never was at hill house anyway and it's just all yeah 
you know, she's back to being alone and this and the, you know, but it, it, cool yeah, it's up in the something air. in there, but whatever it would have been a little cool. I guess it would have been very hard to write, but if they gave a tiny bit more information on the crane, I guess not even the crane, but whatever the hot mama's last name is their genetic sensitivity thing. Cause they mentioned her mother having mm-hmm. sensitivity. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if they gave us something more there, that would have been cool. I'm not really complaining about it, but it is weird that only Nell, Luke and Theo were sensitive and had some sort of, "Quote unquote powers," and then, the other thing too. Yeah. Now that you're saying, didn't the, um, Hot Mama say that Nell thought it was loud when they were there? Mm-hmm. Nell thought it was loud and- when they walked first walked into Hill House. Yeah, she made it a point to say she mm-hmm. thought it was so strange, and then and it was loud. Such, a, yeah. such an odd word. She yeah, chose. I'm just saying because Nell, we were saying Nell doesn't have any other powers besides the twin thing. But if you walk in and you can tell it's loud, maybe. She had something going on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we sound dumb now trying to list off one of each sense for all the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might take that fall. I think I, I, I like taste. That... Who is taste? <laughs> yeah. We were like, well, Cheryl talks in her sleeve. So. <laughs> yeah. She's tasting Taste shit. And I also wasn't satisfied with the ending of Poppy at all. I don't think I think she was just like you said, uh, what the a ghost that couldn't mind her fucking business, basically. And I don't think she needed an end. Uh, she just for felt me. like she meddled too much in the end of Liv's life, along with that episode boinking and doinking everybody. <laughs> that yeah. I wanted something more than just Top Mama saying, go away. They yeah, were the tag I, team champions of the insane asylum. They're I just d- both bonkers. Yeah, I just think that with Poppy, the obviously the big bad is the house. And you can't. You have to give the embodiment of the house to somebody. And I figure just with her being insane, they just said, all right, Poppy has to be the one to do something. Because if you're not boinking and pop, whatever you bopping and bopping and doinking whopping. or whatever, having Poppy do it. What do you I guess you could just like have, have him walk into the red room and just kind of like faint or something. Mm-hmm. But it's easier to have like some somebody like that to embody the evil of the house. That makes me think, though, like it, you can probably cut this. It wasn't the house. <laughs> It like wasn't the house that was like super evil. It was just Poppy. No, because the house wants to be to eat. Yeah, the house wants to house. The reason why there are 50 dead people is because of how the house feeds on. Poppy is evil 100 percent because she's insane. She was evil as a lie. Right. Right. So like that's why we are weirded out that Olivia wasn't normal Olivia when she died and was a ghost because Abigail wakes up and she's Abigail. Hazel was helping live. You know, they're, you know, except for when she's scaring the kids saying Clara, you know, they're all kind of the normal people that they were. Steve has a line earlier when he's writing the sequel and he's talking to Lee and he says it was a house without kindness, never meant to be lived in, not a fit place for people or love or hope. So it's basically it just feeds on any emotion that <laughs> Poppy was the worst of the worst, maybe. But the rest are just as like, yeah, I mean, she's probably living the dream in that house, you know? Yeah, of course. All right, so what I want to do just to end this episode is just go through the seven family members and just final thoughts, favorite parts about them, whatever you want to do. Let's just I just want to talk about each of the characters. On three, we're all going to say who we think everyone's worst character is of the seven family members. Okay? But we're going to do it in my order. We're going to talk about them, but we can say that. Yes, but I, we're ge- I think we're guessing what your order is. Okay. Okay. We can just do the first and the last first okay, okay. that's easy so the worst character on three one two three sure <laughs> <laughs> kathleen said lee at the end of it surely yeah. i just wish Cheryl. for me i just wish they made her more likable i mean she was just the black sheep and i, I think she's the only one that 
didn't really get redeemed. You know, like even Steve, we're like, oh, like he was a dick. And then at the end, you're like, oh, shit. I thought, like, besides bitch defining her entire personality, she had the best house vision, in my opinion. And I just didn't like the the angle that the writers took with how she reacted to Kevin and Theo's yeah. thing. Whatever. I get it. You can- I do the same thing, but. That's fine. It's still whatever. I don't have much to say on sure. I feel yeah. like she was the least interesting. She didn't have when that much of a And she's the one who's named after the author of the book. Huh, interesting. Wow. Charlie Jackson? When episode 9, I believe, when she is just picking up the pieces of her forever home and there's one piece and it's just a moldy black wall, is that is that all it is? It's just supposed to remind her. It's Symbolism. not reminding her. I think it's another like haunting yeah. thing. It literally changed. It's following them. Yeah, too. it's following them. Yeah. Yep. Okay, now everyone's bet, not just Luke's. We'll just do this for fun and then the rest you can do your order. Okay, okay. bet your favorite of the seven on three. I'll give you a second. Wait, so we're saying uh, our, including own, Hot Mama and Hugh. Yeah. Yes, the seven. Young or older, we don't care about Earth's, any of that. Earth's mightiest motherfucker, seven. seven. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Yeah. Wait, wait. Again, Hugh, Hugh is Hugh. Yes. And, Hugh is Hugh. Okay. Give me a what what is question is that? He was Hugh. No, he was Shirley. <laughs> My favorite. I'm saying, do I say old Hugh, young Hugh? Oh. No, Hugh's Hugh. Hugh is Hugh. Okay. Is everyone ready? Favorite. Your all time favorite, not Luke's, yours. Well, Luke we gets to do it one at a time. No, no, on three. Well, that's then no, no one's. No, no, I just want to see what everyone says. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Paul, you ready? Yeah. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Theo. Now. <laughs> What'd you say? I said no. What'd you say? Theo. What'd you say? Hugh. I said Nelly. Yay! (laughs) I was between Nell and Theo for me, but Nell takes the cake. Let's just talk about him for a little bit and, you know, final thoughts we want to leave these characters with. Because I thought Nell, hashtag, I mean, hashtag slash. No, no hashtag bentneck lady. Hashtag bentneck lady. <laughs> slash bentneck lady. B- hashtag BNL. I yeah. thought she was the MVP. Mm-hmm. She was so fucking great in this last episode, saving all the family's ass, giving that time speech was incredible. I thought she had the best solo episode. So only counting the first five for the first kids, like they're the only really solo episodes besides Hot Mamas later. I guess used to, but I thought she had the best solo episode. That to me was the best part of the entire show by the way the last five seconds of that episode besides episode 10 so is that when with she's the, with the bent neck lady reveal yeah. that fucked me yeah. up forever. so it's a good thing i didn't spoil that one <laughs> yeah. jesus christ if you spoiled that would have stopped <laughs> so now for me is the most pure almost mm. i mean she was haunted as a kid cute ass nelly is phenomenal best Plus, young actress best too. young I and agree. i think we didn't get enough young theo and i think they would have give each other a run for their money young theo was really good mckenna grace is an incredible actor she's like the young kid in every movie and show ever but nell for me i like i said i loved that monologue that she gave in the in the last uh, in the red room in the last episode i loved her episode i love that Talk about best villain. Ben Lady is an incredible. And I love that we got a reveal in episode five. And like, she's not even a villain. She's not a villain yeah. at all. And I just think acting all around. I mean, each I can name my favorite part for each character. But I think all around Nelly just knocked it out of the park. And also her and Liv. I, I don't know Liv's actor's name. Those two actors, for some reason, like maybe it's the they just pale their skin up or whatever it is. They look. When they want to be scary, they're fucking creepy as yeah. shit. 
for some reason. I don't know what it is about them, but All Paul, right, what about you? Wait, oh, final thoughts on Nell? Okay. Oh, Nell? Yeah. Yeah, I have her pretty low on my list, honestly. Wow. Yeah, I, I have uh, Nell and Luke just right above Cheryl, actually. That's insane. Travesty, right? I that is tough, but I mean they all get pretty close. Yeah, but I mean I loved you... Nell. I liked how she was the baby, but ended up saving all of her older siblings. I think she just wasn't on like the screen enough for Alive. me. For me to just, I, I agree with that. That's why I didn't pick Nell. Take her, take like her entire character in. I mean, most of the time she's dead or a ghost. She killed it there, but um, I I really liked how the baby ended up saving all the other ones it really stuck well, with me very early it might have even been after our first episode when we were recording you kathleen said when we were talking about the family members and at this point because because nels we find out nels dead at the end of episode one you were saying how you really liked nell but she got the shit end of the stick for the family and that yep. stuck with me pretty much through every episode thinking about that it's so goddamn true but her whole speech that she, she i think it's to steve that she says when he was saying that he regretted not helping her and talking to her more but she was saying that it wouldn't have mattered mm-hmm. and this needed to kind of happen god it just reminds me of dark and stuff yeah but uh all of that was so good and i love now yeah it's actually tough because now that i've had you guys maybe do the three two one pick <laughs> and i think actually my answer is theo all the way up until maybe eight or nine and actually if I'm going in hindsight of the entire series, I would actually probably say Hugh or Nell. I mean, it was hindsight. Of the yeah, no, no, no. Series. I mean, like giving me time to think. Like yeah. I'm saying, I thought that all the way up till nine, and now I have ten to have hindsight. Now let's I, let's keep going now because the next character I have is I had Nell as one, and then I have Hugh as two. Yeah. And Hugh shot up through the rankings specifically after his car conversation with Steve. Was that the nine witness or eight? marks? It's eight. It's eight. Eight. So since then, and then he catapulted to number two after this most recent episode because he was just so great in it. He had the biggest turnaround of any character. Paul, we you brought it up. We brought it up. I was saying how shitty of a father he was like early on in the series. Uh, I mean, now you have full hindsight. Like, I don't even think he was shitty in the beginning. Not any. I mean, he was. I still hated him being ignorant. Right. I putting all the kids concerns off as kid concerns. That was annoying. But at the same time, young young Hugh was definitely a really good dad to them. It's just that it was very annoying that he was letting everything Mm -hmm. be like, okay. At at the same time, you got to put into perspective he is investing everything in this house, which he's trying to flip, which has given him problems over and over and over again. And he's waking up every night to kids screaming. <laughs> yeah. And he's like so sick of this shit because he hasn't seen anything yeah. until like towards the end. I had Hugh as my favorite because like you guys are saying, young Hugh is a great father to the kids. And then when everything happens, he first of all gets the kids out of the house immediately goes back, tries to save Liv. She's already dead. And then lives with this horrible, dark, alone feeling for the next 20-some, 30 years, or however long it was, because he knows he can't possibly explain this to his kids. So he lives with the fact that his kids hate him just to preserve the picture of Liv. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Final thoughts on Hugh, Kathleen? I loved hearing about how you guys 
thought about him throughout the entire season episode by episode knowing what he was going to end up being Mm -hmm. i love you i think he was the best dad he could be and the house was just giving him problems like you guys were saying but if i could change anything about Hugh, if you could do it over again he would just need to be a little more open but other than talk a little more talk a little uh, bit in the funeral episode when he's just not saying words yeah, lives like, uh, yeah, you can say this or that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I love Hugh. Hugh's up there in a character. All right, so who's my next one, Kathleen? I have Nell, Hugh, then Theo, Theo for sure. Hot mama. Yeah. Oh, oh. Damn. That's hot. I just thought that her character was tied to the most interesting mystery of the season, besides the red room, which she kind of ties into that as well. But she was just interesting every time she was on the screen, and she's hot mama. Yeah. That's it. That's all Phenomenal I got to say. Phenomenal actress, it. hot mama. Yeah. yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that either. I mean, her acting from being normal to going insane, crazy is amazing. Watching that, so props to her actress. Yeah, she's gorgeous and an amazing actress, and pivotal to just about every single she's thing. She's the centerpiece, pretty she much. She is. She's yeah. exactly the centerpiece. All right, and then surprisingly, which this happened over the last two episodes, so I Steve, jumped Steve. Damn. I jumped Steve over Theo, but you got to. I'm. These are all tier one characters. I have all of them. Yeah, right. Ending with Theo being tier one. So Luke, just Cheryl. No, so you- Luke would be a tier two, and then Cheryl's a tier three for me. Is how I have the gaps mm. between them. I do. I'll, I'll get to my Theo thoughts when we talk about it. We're talking about Steve. He. You guys probably picked up on how I was talking about him throughout the last two episodes. Every time he was on the screen, it was justified more and more about his mental illness perspective that he was coming through where that's the lens he viewed everything and I, he started to make me believe more why he was such an asshole like i don't like the character but i i like how he was written right and especially this last episode the last 10 minutes he was just fire 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 and he mm-hmm. his character growth was full circle almost more than anybody yep yeah he, i can't say it enough his conversation this last episode with uh, talking to his now ghost dad hugh and young hugh he's turning back and forth that conversation i could just watch that all like mm-hmm. over and over like i was so lucky to be your dad is the last thing he says to him and yeah i mean steve just had the biggest come up ever i was talking so much shit on him <laughs> like episode like five or something when nell was going to confront him and he like freaked out but it's like luke was saying makes perfect sense because he didn't see anything this is mental illness in his mind. He's trying to have a family and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you guys talking shit all the way up until the reveal makes sense just because especially when Luke was saying, meaning our host Luke was saying uh, he had a conversation with Hugh in the car about the going back to see the police report. I mean, why would you not hate him at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, he never tells you anything he you read the police report and think like did he do something to mom like is this his fault i mean i i wouldn't talk to him either so and then the mental illness thing i think that steve is justified for most of his actions yeah if you think about steve's childhood and and he's the man of the house when you think Something tragic happens and your dad kind of goes down for this. He didn't obviously go down, but everyone thinks Crazy Who did something 
there's being information withheld from him. Steve kind of takes that man of the house. He even him as a kid, he just wants to help. He wants to be like his dad. So when someone like your dad kind of falls off, you start saying, "Okay, I have to be solid. I have to be of sound mind." And yeah. and so it makes sense his trajectory moving forward. Although I'm like, "Fuck you, Steve!" All the time. Yeah, like, he would be way low on my list. I think I would like I would put Luke over Steve I as well. In, until the reveal, like I was saying in the car, you guys were like pissed and. You know, like I said, I'm trying to watch this as not a vet too sometimes. But when he does the has the freakouts at Hugh saying like, "You never told us this. You never told us that." That should have happened five thousand times in the past. Like he's justified for all those freakouts. Mm-hmm. So at the time we're going, "Oh, he's being kind of an ass." You know, let Hugh talk or let Hugh be chill. You know, because we know what he's actually doing for them. Yeah. But on Steve's side, he doesn't know that. Yeah. So also, he gets easy points for banging the the mother of dragons in game of thrones yes yeah darna horace <laughs> all right so my next character at the bottom of tier one is theo and what i wrote down about her is she to me when we hit her episode which i think was episode three or two was she yeah, she's three she, at that point she was easily number one mm-hmm. but the problem i had was her powers felt underutilized mm-hmm. to me a little bit like i enjoyed Every time she was on the screen, but I feel like they kind of put her in a corner for as important of a person as she should have been, especially with her powers. Maybe I'm just harping too much on that. And I don't know. Thea was still great and she was awesome. I agree, but I think that's almost purposeful. Like it's underutilized because she doesn't want to fucking use them. Yeah, she right. she builds walls. That's Theo's thing. She builds walls. So of course, if someone different had them, maybe it would be a bigger part. But I, I think that's just her personality. But I think she, Theo, Katie Siegel is beautiful. And it's interesting because she's married to Mike Flanagan, the mm-hmm. creator of the show. Mm-hmm. So, and she's in the second one, but I, in Bly Manor, but I think she's going to be a voiceover because I've in uh, the trailer, I have not seen her face, mm, but she, shame. she took a, pi- a picture with Raul Coley from, from iZombie, who's also in, in Bly Manor. And so I'm like, okay, well, at least they're hanging out. Yeah. Like maybe she is in it. Who knows? But she's not in the trailer physically. But yeah, I I think Theo is an incredible character. I I really loved her. Who do I want to be the most? Theo Crane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think that she had the weakest person like vision in the house that oh, only 100%. pertained to herself. 100%. Yeah, because we did the, get the cool William Hill lore, but the stuff that involved her specifically didn't feel too rewarding, in my opinion. I mean, if you really think about it, they all got screwed up from the house, but. Her power is what made her the way she is and screwed her up. She wasn't really, like, bad. She didn't have any bad qualities. Mm-hmm. Like, you could say, oh, Steve was being an ass and and uh, Luke, you know, was doing the drugs and Shirley was a bitch, like, yeah. you know, a perfectionist, whatever it is. Theo was just Theo. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, her, I don't even know what her vision could have been otherwise. Paul, Theo thoughts? Yeah, I mean, kind of what you said, Luke, it's seems like she just underutilized her power she to be able to feel whatever somebody else feels like when she was a kid she would touch the wall and be like i believe you she didn't have a lot of answers when she was older mm-hmm. which i didn't it didn't make sense that's to a me. good point but, i loved i loved her solo episode when she went to the kid's house and she ta- and mr smiley was a thing like all of that i thought that was gonna be a little bit more of her traje- trajectory where she used the powers in productive ways like that but we didn't really get that. Even when Nell specifically was using her to find out about Arthur's death, 
which also points to the fact that it was an aneurysm because yep. she didn't find anything. Right. Which I guess I like, but I don't. So last one, Luke, I have him just under the above five, not counting Cheryl. To me, it felt that Luke was better. He was more interesting on the screen as a kid and everything to do with Abigail. I thought that was better than his whole, when he's an adult, everything is related to drugs, which I get. That's he's okay. got the twin thing. But n- everything related to Nell is Ben Neck Lady. So it's like these kids yeah, were haunted she's... so young that th- that's their whole lives. Like at least Cheryl, Cheryl, Steve, and Theo were a little bit older and old enough to have lived. Like there's an earlier scene where the older kids are looking at Luke and going, do you even remember mom? What do you remember about mom? They're right. so young. They were molded in from this haunting at the, the youngest age. And I think that showing them only being fucked up is perfect because that they should only be fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, my defense for the Nell thing is she died in episode one. So I'm saying that about Luke because he had a lot of screen time as an adult and it felt like everything was just drug centered and he felt more of as he felt more like a catalyst for the final episode to bring the family to Hill House rather than being interesting as a standalone. But I, I again, like he's a tier two. Like I don't think he's a bad character. I thought he was great. I just didn't feel as much of an attachment to him. I don't know if it's because I liked the actor, but adult Luke, even though he was kind of an asshole for stealing all this money, you can understand where he's coming from with his addiction. And I just liked his acting was insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always looked like he was tweaking. Um, the only th- thing with Luke is I can't get past how with the entire time they're there, like seven weeks. I know they said they were planning on being there for like eight weeks or whatever. How is Luke the only one that saw Abigail and nobody else even saw or believed in a trace of her. Like, I get that she was hidden. She snuck out of the house and was in the woods. And Luke was out there because he would like play by himself, I guess. But like, you're telling me the entire time after all the times that he's seen her, nobody else did. She didn't leave a footprint in the lawn on the grass or anything. (laughs) See, I disagree. I, up until the sleepover, Everything before that, I'm like, okay, if they were, she never came onto the properties. They were always on the edge. So up until the sleepover, the dinner conversation with Joey and Steve and Luke saying, oh, your imaginary friend, Abigail. It's like, Nellie should have at least said growing up, like, no, we had that sleepover that one time. I watched mom kill her that, that time. Well, wait, wait, <laughs> no, was not there. Yeah, she was. Nell was, was in the, the in the left bed. And then they went to the tea party. No, no, no. In the conversation for I'm dinner? saying it's been 25 fucking years. You mean to tell me Nell didn't tell Steve uh, once that okay. Abigail well, was real? I was going to say, Nat- Nellie always said she believed Luke. So I I always thought just because she believed him, yeah, that's she's nice sister and believes him. But I always thought she, she knew that Abigail was actually there, too. If also- Steve's openly shaming him at dinners. I'm sure this isn't the first time he's brought up Abigail. And Nell's like, no, 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 I met her. Mom killed her. But also, if you're going to give the argument that those two the twins really shouldn't remember the mother that much, they also shouldn't be able to vividly pull back information about get Abigail and make it matter to Steve. Because well, we don't know, actually what steve writes about and what the stories are about for abigail like we don't know that luke is telling a story like hey mom killed abigail because he didn't say no that. no of course that's you know? not the story he's telling but, maybe mean, he doesn't even he, remember yeah. anything from that night he can't because he would have the bad 
thoughts of his mom too. So he either doesn't remember or knows she, I mean, I know Nell says that wasn't mom. Can we agree that it's weird that the twins saw their mom poisoned Abigail <laughs> and that it never came up in 30 years. That How maybe old were they supposed to be? In five. This? Let's recap. You can start having memories as, as young as two. Yeah. So let's just recap this. She starts choking. The mom says she's just waking up to the kids when they're going, what's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Then the dad jumps in, smacks the, the, the glass. Glasses, chokes, chokes, chokes. And, and then she Luke dies. Are the, and, but are they yeah. there when she's actually dead on the floor? Well, or does the dad... To, to move a little bit past that, they're in the car. Luke says, Abigail's fine. She's in the window. That's true, too. That's yeah. important. Okay, that's the only save there. That that's is a good save, save, though. Yeah, good yeah. Job. yeah. Mm -hmm. But still... Fuck, I love this show. And yeah. I'm usually very good at in the moment of watching shows, knowing when they're going to end to like not take it for granted and be you know, very aware that, all right, this is going to end. Enjoy it while we got it. And it didn't hit me until like episode 10 when I was just so upset. It's because we've been crushing it lately. It's also because we're podcasting yeah. and I'm overanalyzing all that. But still, it was I was very emotional, I guess, when emotional when we were watching like the last couple Steve overlay over narrative voice scenes. That was all good. I loved it all. Paul, you ever think show. you're going to watch it again? Uh, Yeah. You're going to uh, make Emily watch can it. Can you get Emily to watch it? Uh, no, she'll have nightmares until she dies. And then you just cuddle her up. <laughs> uh, no, because then she'll wake me up in the middle of the night when she can't sleep. Um, <laughs> I want her to. I told her this show is great. I think anybody who hasn't seen it should watch it if they don't have nightmares. I'll probably rewatch it down the road because I'm going to forget some things and then I'm going to remember and try to pick up shit. I will never forget the dumb waiter, how that doesn't <laughs> mean anything. But other than that, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal show. I wanted to hit play as soon as every episode was done. Yeah, I'm very excited for Bly Manor. I just really hope that, and it's the same showrunner, so I'm not going to worry too much, but I just really hope that they realize that it's a really, really great show because of the characters, because of the story. It doesn't need the horror. It doesn't have to be horror to be horror, mm -hmm. you know, just for the sake of being horror. Because the trailer, to be honest, for me, for Blind Manor seemed like more scary-focused. Did you watch the trailer yet, Luke? Uh, No, not yet. I'm going to watch it tonight, though. Uh, you know, obviously, it's anthology, so there's no spoilers or anything. I just I texted Kathleen when I first saw the trailer and I said this one looks scarier. So I just hope that it's more sto story based. <laughs> Sorry, the microphone just smacked me in the face. <laughs> I just hope it's more story based, just like Haunting, because what brought me back as a vet and what gave me gave this rewatch value was not the jump scares, even though they were all great and they all meant something. It was the story and the mystery, you know, and the characters. So I hope that moves on to Blind Manor. Agreed. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for sticking with us, recapping these 10 episodes. I really love the show. I know the whole squad loves the show, and we'll keep watching it forever. This Friday, October 9th, Netflix drops Honey of Fly Manor, and we'll be covering that and are super hyped for that as well. For now, if you like what you heard, give Binge on TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening, and have the best day ever, yeah! Bitch. <laughs> that was just fucking uh this house she's holding secret got my change 
behind the bed In a coffee can I throw my nickels in Just in case I have to leave I will go If you ask me to I will stay If I go, I'm going shameless Let my hunger